Each year, more than 12 million people will hear the same three devastating words. You have cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein, a survivor of pediatric kidney cancer and stage four colon cancer. My amazing wife, Linda, has taught me that we have cancer because every one of us is affected by it in some way. Survivors, family, friends, and medical and support team members. And we all have a story worth telling. Welcome to We Have Cancer. Welcome to episode 133 of We Have Cancer. Thank you so much for joining me. My guest this week is Chris Lawrence. Chris is a two-time cancer survivor. Most recently at the age of 37, he was diagnosed with stage four incurable cancer. But through the use of genomic sequencing and targeted therapy, he is now NED, no evidence of disease. In 2018, Chris started a nonprofit called Hope Has Arrived. You can learn more about Hope Has Arrived by visiting their site at hopehasarrived.com. And the purpose of Hope Has Arrived is to help people facing cancer find hope through medical breakthroughs, genomic sequencing, as well as through faith. So join me now for my conversation with Chris Lawrence. Chris, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad that we are able to connect and I really appreciate you reaching out to me, you know, to to share your story and I, and I'm glad you're here and eager to learn more about your background and about your story. Yeah, thanks Lee. I'm I'm really glad to be on the show with you. So, I'm looking at your your website which I know is part of uh, which is your part of your nonprofit which we'll get to in a little bit. But I was intrigued by the name Hope Has Arrived. And I'm guessing there was some thought in that, uh, you know, being a stage four guy myself, uh, hope is something that's the main focus of, of mine and all the rest of us in the cancer community. But what was your thought process behind the the has arrived part? What were you thinking there? Yeah, that's a great question. I, first of all, it came, it kind of hit me by accident, the the name anyway. So it's part of my story when... I'll give you the short version just to answer your question. I can give you a longer version later. So when I was diagnosed, I saw some different doctors and like a lot of people, it was super shocking and not very, <laughs> it was tough. It was very daunting. But when I finally met with a doctor who told me something that the other people, had, they weren't saying, he said, I actually know how to treat this. He was a, a research doctor. My my dad and my my wife were with me in the room, and you know we were just so we were just so discouraged for so long, you know the, the months leading up to that. And then when we met with him, we just felt so hopeful. And we on the whiteboard in the room, I still have it. I know the day. I'll never forget it. April nineteenth, and it was in two thousand sixteen. And we wrote, "Hope has arrived" on the board. And so that's kind of where the name came from. And of course, there, there's some meaning to it for me as well. But I mean, that was kind of the moment that the name was birthed out of. So I saw on your site that you shared the story and you had talked to, I think you said three doctors and none of the three offered you much hope. And you were not sure if you wanted to talk to another one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think just... It's, it hurts. Every single appointment hurts in a way. I think when you're in a bad spot, 
you know, I, I think for everybody facing cancer, I want to be fair. I think it's hard for everybody. doesn't matter if you're, even if it's just a minor brush, you know, there's a lot of fear and there's uncertainty. And even if they say, hey, this is 100% curable, you know, there's still, I mean, things can happen. And so I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be insensitive to that. But I think in my situation in particular, it was such a hard start because some of the doctors I met with, they're like, yeah, you just don't have much time, you know? And it was like, I didn't even have a chance to battle cancer. It felt like I was just looking at an, an incurable diagnosis. And so I think every meeting was just discouraging. And so I didn't, you know, I was like, what, what could this guy possibly say that would be remotely encouraging? But I'm like, well, we already have it scheduled, so I might as well show up. <laughs> and where did you find Dr. Leland Jones? Yeah. So he was at the cancer center I ended up. And, and honestly, the story is crazy because I wish I was one of these stories where I just did a bunch of great research and, you know, I figured out like, this is where I'm going to get my best chance. And, you know, I think a lot of people do that and that's amazing. And I, and I think every day there's more breakthroughs available for people. And so, you know, I think there is a lot of that out there for me at that point. It just, I just kind of stumbled upon there. I was, so my wife and I, we were living in Colorado and, you know, life was great. And then I kind of got this diagnosis out of nowhere. And I ended up going back to where I'm from originally, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I actually never wanted to move from Colorado for the record. I loved living there. <laughs> but I came back to Sioux Falls because my parents were like, you know, they didn't really do so well with early detection out there. You know, why don't you come out? Why don't you come back here and let's meet with some doctors here? You know how good like the healthcare is here. And I was like, yeah, you're right. It's it's surprising because I think Sioux Falls is not, you know, it's it's central U.S., it's Midwest. It's not really something that people would think of where they're going to have cutting edge cancer care. But this particular doctor was there. There's kind of a long story with that. But I mean, one of the richest men in the world is from Sioux Falls, and he recruited this doctor and his whole team. He was heading up a cancer center. It was, oh gosh, it was New York or Atlanta. I can't remember. He's been a couple different places. But they came to Sioux Falls, and he happened to be at the cancer center I was at. I met with a traditional oncologist, and you know he wasn't being unkind. He was just kind of telling me the truth about my situation, um, but that was not very good. And then I can't remember how it happened, but then they said, hey, you want to meet with this research guy? He helps arrange treatment plans. And I said, okay. And that's when I met with him, and that's when I got some news that, you know, was way, you know, he, he kind of walked through and he said, you know, we did some, this genomic sequencing, more and more people know about it. It is just, it's really changing a lot in cancer care. It's helping, I think, especially stage four people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's complex. So I don't want to talk like I know everything about it. I, if people have questions, talk to a doctor, but stage four, like they, they, you know, they knew my situation was bad. So they're like, why don't you talk to this guy? Maybe he's got something he can offer. And then he said, yeah, I know how to treat this. Cause he looked at my genomic sequencing or what things were driving my cancer. And they came up with a plan with what they thought would target those mutations or the things causing my cancer and specific, you know, they call it personalized care. And that was his plan. And when I heard it, I, you know, I was like, wow, that's really hopeful. And I was also like kind of skeptical too. Sure. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, well, you got three votes one way, and the and and his vote, you know, on the positive. So I, I, that makes sense why you, you might be a little apprehensive. Yeah, yeah. And what was your diagnosis initially, Chris? Sure. So it was uh, bile duct cancer. And how did it how did it uh, present itself? How did what 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 got you to the doctor in the first place? Sure. So here's what happened. So. Um, at the time, you know, I was living in Colorado. My wife and I were out there and we actually had that summer, it was summer 2015. We had just uh, had our daughter. And so it was a really great time of life and things were going well. And I, um, I, worked, I worked for an outdoor program out there taking college students on different outdoor adventures. And on the side, I was uh, really into being an athlete. And for kind of just for fun, I was doing some triathlons and I was training a lot. And I started having some lower back pain and it didn't really fit because I didn't do anything to my back. At first it kind of just felt like a little bit of a strain. And so I talked to some physical therapists and they did a few things and, you know, they're like, oh yeah, I'm glad you caught this early. It's not, you know, it shouldn't be a big deal. We can, you know, we can help you with this. It got worse and it got worse like fairly quickly. And then, um, you know, I eventually went to a sports doctor and he's like, oh, you're too young and healthy. You know, like, you know, he'd heard some of the things I was doing and he's just like, yeah, you know, this is going to heal because I, I had a back spasm too, which I've never had that. And I, it was really, it just didn't fit. The symptoms, symptoms didn't fit because I, I didn't really, I've never really had back problems and I didn't do anything, you know, jarring to it other than just, you know, running and, and biking and stuff, but I didn't like have a crash or something like that. And so finally after about three, four months of kind of doing this, wasting time with it, I finally said, Hey, you know, like you got to give me an MRI or something like this is not getting better. I just kind of knew something was up and they finally did. And then that's when I got one of those calls, those phone calls late afternoon that was like completely life shattering where, you know, he says, <laughs> my doctor, he was like, he was kind of broken up a bit emotional. You're like, Ooh, that's not good when the doctor's like that, you know? Oh goodness. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and he's like, he, he pretty much says, you know, he's like that, that spot in your back, that pain, he's like, what I see on the MRI is that like it's cancer and it's spreading from somewhere else. So it was like pretty heavy news and disturbing, you know, like just that it wasn't just in that spot, but coming from somewhere else. And, you know, I didn't know much about cancer at that point. So I'm like, I didn't even know what the definition of stage four was, but I quickly found out. <laughs> so so was your wife with you when you got the call? She was. Yeah, we were driving and I, I pulled over because, I mean, I was like, the news was just crazy. And yeah, then, I mean, she could kind of tell, I think even just my posture of like, intense listening because she knew I'd been in pain and we were both kind of like what's going on and yeah then I pulled over and she heard the news and we were you know pretty broken up so so when you met with your your doctor who said yeah I know how to treat this uh what was the prescribed treatment what, what did he put you through yeah sure well I definitely went through a gauntlet but he did three different types of drugs you know kind of in the targeted approach or the personalized care they often will do multi-drug therapy. And yeah. so what they did is they did a combination of chemo, immunotherapy, and then like a targeted drug or a pill. 
And it was interesting because at the time, the immunotherapy, which it's Keith Truda is what I've been on. It's at the time it was not approved. It was totally experimental. And, you know, that's what the doctor said to use. And now, of course, you know, that, that drug is sweeping, you know, cancer care. There's TV, there's TV ads all the time for it. Yeah, I know. They won't leave me alone. I'm I'm (laughs) kind of tired of seeing it. But uh, yeah, at the time it was just experimental. So I had to kind of sign off and then it was, so it was those three, three things. But what was nice is like, you know, I mean, no treatments nice, so to speak, but like, it did mean that the dose of chemo was less. And I mean, there's some ways that the treatment was challenging, but I think in other ways it was less challenging, just depending how you look at it. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So how long, it wasn't much later after your diagnosis that you came up with this idea to create this nonprofit? Yeah, it was, let me think. (laughs) Well, I have to give a little bit of credit there. My, My dad, he like, I think after we had that appointment with that doctor, he, he's kind of a visionary person. And he, I think he went out and he reserved the URL like after that appointment. And honestly, he mentioned- When it. you wrote it on the whiteboard, yes, Hope Has Arrived, yes. he took that and, and went and bought the domain name. That's right. and That's crazy. It, it is crazy because I think he mentioned it to me a couple of weeks later. And you know I was in such a fog, I didn't really want to hear about it. you know And like even I think six months after that or nine months after that, you know he started talking about doing, you know he's like, you know, you, the experience you've had and the good result you've had, like, you know, don't you feel like you want to, you know, try and help others in this who are facing this too. And at first it just scared me, scared me like crazy because, and I think maybe a lot of people facing cancer go through this, but you kind of just want to leave it all behind, you know? And there's, it was, it puts such a strain on me and my family. And, you know, we were kind of on that edge of, you know, even like when we sign up for that treatment, there's no guarantees. We had hope, but I wouldn't say that, you know, there was no guarantee that this was like going to go as well as it did. And so we were kind of clinging to hope. And at that point, I just, you know, it was, it was hard to even envision trying to reach out to people. But eventually, you know, I did kind of, my heart did kind of change with that. And I mean, one thing I had to clarify, I would just say like, this is a big part of my story and it's, it's a big part of hope has arrived too, but just my faith and just that I feel like I've always had a measure of hope just because of my relationship with God. Like that's always been really critical to me. And uh, it's hard, you know, it's hard to live this, but like, I do believe like even when life has been bad or even if that was going to be the end, you know, when I was facing this earlier, that I still had hope in some way, even though maybe I didn't have hope to keep living, so to speak, on this earth. Sure. Yeah. But it's been kind of a journey to get to that point where then like now I'm I'm excited to try and help other people. It's a joy, you know, like, but it didn't start off that way. Oh, of <laughs> so, course not. Sure. Yeah. yeah. What's interesting is it's is, you know, on your site you don't just talk about hope. You really focus on three key areas that certainly resonate with me being in the cancer community as well. And you talk about finding hope, strength, and peace. Yeah. Be sure to stick around to the end of this episode to learn how you can get your rear in gear. We've talked about hope. Where did the, the focus on strength and peace, why did you pick that? 
Yeah, that's, you know, I think those virtues are just so critical in, in life. But yeah, I think especially facing cancer, you know, hope, like, it's funny, I, I just didn't understand it before I faced cancer. I thought I did, but that's because maybe I already had hope. But like, I don't know if you can relate to this, Lee, but it's like, when your hope is threatened, you realize how vital it is. Like, it just, it, it just shouts out that you need it, like, like air, you know, you need hope. Sure, because what happens if you don't have it? Oh, gosh, right? those days. Yeah, and those days when I felt like I haven't had hope. Oh, it's been brutal. It's the worst. And I've certainly had a few of those, you know, and it's, it's been interesting to see that hope come back. But anyway, so yeah, hope and then strength. I mean, it's, you know, going through cancer, it's not a quick thing. Rarely is it like, I'm, I'm really thankful for when it is for people. You know, if it's like, oh, I got a little bit of skin cancer or something, I can cut it off and that's good, you know, but it just seems like most of cancer that people face, it's a long thing, you know, and then it's getting scans and it's, it's like, you don't really get out of the club. Like, I don't think I'll ever be out of the club. I think I'm in, (laughs) (laughs) but anyway, especially for treatment, you know, when you're going through treatment, you're going to need strength. Like you've never had it before and physically. Yes. But I think emotionally, you know, spiritually you need strength and peace. Oh man. You know, especially when we're facing fear and we're facing uncertainty, we just need to know that somehow, even if things don't look like they're okay, they're actually okay. You know, like we're, we can sleep, we can, you know, we can let it go because there's a greater good in what's going to happen or that somehow, like, you know, like I've said, I, you know, my relationship with God, I just believe that he's in control and that gives me peace. And what it, what it says, uh, peace that surpasses all understanding. I think about those words a lot because unfortunately with my journey, I've had to <laughs> test that a lot. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, th- I think if you thought we thought and think about it, really hope is the anchor to all of that. You know, you yeah. can have your, you can have your days where you don't have a whole lot of strength, but as long as you have the hope, you'll get through. And you may have those days where you may not be totally at peace, but as long as the hope is still there, that's you through. So, you know, just as we're talking, just see so much grounded in that four letter word of hope. Yeah. I love that. I love the way you put that, that hope is an anchor. Yeah. So there's a lot of amazing resources that you've put together on your site. And for our listeners, it's hopehasarrived.com. And just a lot of resources. What was your thought process, Chris, in in terms of deciding, you know, in, you know, I know, know you built this site over time, but in deciding what resources to include and where you thought the greatest need was. Sure. Yeah. I think, you know, as I, you know, I mentioned just, yeah, there's when people are facing cancer, they have a lot of different things they need and a lot of thought patterns. But I think I, I distilled it down that everybody needs hope. Like that is, that is just universal. It doesn't matter their spiritual background or their, you know, whatever ethnic background or, financial background, you know, we all need it. And so I wanted to offer that type of like, that everybody could find some kind of hope on here. I mean, there is like on the website for me personally, like my faith and my relationship with God has just been like such a a critical part of me facing cancer. And I really do want that for other people. I mean, the scripture talks about 
Christ as the living hope, which is a pretty cool phrase. But what I, and so that's a big part of it. On the site, there is, uh, there's a section called Finding God, and it literally has like different articles about, you know, does God answer prayer? Or who is God? And I, I really try and take it from the perspective that, I mean, today, you know, more and more people come from a, a non religious background. So I don't want to beat them over the head with like, you know, I don't know, like religion or something. But I, there's so many people facing cancer that I talk to that, it doesn't seem like everybody's at least thinking about spiritual things, it seems like. And mm-hmm. so I know it's a felt need, and I know that people want that. And so I wanted to give them a path to follow, like ways that they could explore that on the website. So that's a big part that they could find, know about how to have a relationship with God. And, and then there's another part that's like, what are, you know, there's a bunch of articles that are just about like finding hope, like looking at cancer from a hopeful perspective. and like there's one that's called the upside of cancer, which I wanted to be careful with that title just because people are like, what? The upside of cancer, you know? And I, <laughs> I, I think but I get, true. I get it. I get it. You know, and I think some people, maybe not everybody, but you know, maybe upside might not be the word that resonates with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody I talk to always finds a way to highlight something positive that came out of having cancer. Yeah. Not that they'd want to go and do it over again. I know I I don't. Yeah. But there's no doubt for me that when I combine, and I've mentioned this on on multiple episodes, all that's happened in my life in the eight years since I've been diagnosed, Hmm. the good and the bad, the good still outweighs the bad. Yeah. for, For me. You know, and maybe not for others. I think it's important we're sensitive to that. Yeah. But I think if you take a step back, that there can be an upside. There can be an upside. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I completely agree. And, you know, actually just your journey of eight years survivorship and and doing well, you're an encouragement to me as well. So (laughs) thanks. Thanks. So what's been the upside? Let me ask you this. So what's been the upside for you? Oh, gosh, there's been several. I mean, yeah, like I said, I, I found myself wishing life could just be the way it was before. It's kind of a different normal now. So I, I got to say that in fairness. But I think it just has, has honed my focus and even like even doing Hope has arrived, wanting to help people. I mean, that's maybe it wouldn't have been my focus necessarily if I hadn't gone through this. So it, it, it's okay. Here's one thing. I think it's maybe more compassionate to people who suffer. Honestly, just because when you've been through it and you've been through your own like trial by fire, you understand. I mean, there's just, that's one thing. So I think it's made me more compassionate. It's even helped my relationship with my wife too. We've talked about this because I've even, I've asked questions. I'm like, you know, when you, when you know that everybody's life is uncertain, of course, right? Cancer or not. But when you kind of maybe feel it in the background a little bit more when you face cancer, you just know that time's not going to go on forever. And so like, even with my wife, I've said like, you know, how can I be a better husband? Like, like seriously, like talk to me here. And and we've had some of the best conversations and I've seen our marriage improve. And, and, you know, it's been, it, it puts stress on it when you go through cancer and scans and absolutely. But I mean, the, those are a few things. So I, I can't say that it's like, Oh yeah. You know, it's like walking through the wildflowers every day. <laughs> but no, I think there has been, it's a really, 
like kind of soul level things. And, and, you know, I've seen that even when I've listened to your podcast, Lee, I just, uh, I was really struck by just, you know, how, how hopeful it is and just the compassion you have for other people going on the cancer journey. And uh, I just love the people you've interviewed. I mean, it's just like, there's this community of survivors that in some ways, I don't feel like I'm that unique starting a website, wanting to help people. And when I've met other people who are survivors, it's crazy how much you have in common, even if your diagnosis couldn't be different, you know? No, no doubt. And one of, one of the greatest joys is when I get the opportunity, as I've had uh, several times, to meet face-to-face folks that have been on the show. And, and that's a truly, you know, there's a special bond in this community, as you well know. Yeah. And, and you know, I think that's part of what you're doing with Hope Has Arrived. You're also building a community. Yeah. And, I, and I, I find it interesting, too, that, you know, you talked about the spirituality aspect, but you also have some, you know, some practical advice and, and tips on your site, too. Things like, you know, dealing with your upcoming scans mm. and you talk about research. So it's it's not just a, a site focused on spirituality. Uh, it really is a holistic approach. You, you cover a lot of avenues. And uh, what I like about, you know, what I see on your site is people can go on there and pick and choose, you know, what resonates with them and what resource they need at that moment. Oh, that's great to hear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think you, you, you probably caught this too. You know, there's a section on there called breakthroughs Mm -hmm. and should mention this, like, so that has a lot about genomic sequencing and just helping people understand what it is and how it's changing cancer care. And, And what's interesting is like, you know, there's a lot of people starting to beat this drum, which is great. I'm really happy about that because, uh, you know, I think when I, especially when I first got treated three years ago, it was, it, it seemed like it was new at that time. And even like, you know, like something like Keytruda wasn't approved, you know, now it's approved. And it felt a little weird when I started to pick up on that, like, I don't know if everybody's getting this treatment. And then what's been really cool to see even like uh, a year ago, I started to hear this, that so many places are in- integrating this into their care. Mm-hmm. And even like, you know, so all that to say, if someone wants to find out more about what's genomic sequencing, I'll get to help them. It's in the breakthroughs section and there's videos, there's, you know, some, some written stuff in there. And there's some other resources just for people to find out more. And also how to like ask some questions, you know, to your doctor about like how it might be helpful because it's not necessarily like every person needs it. it it's especially helpful. I would say stage four um, and some other cases too. But anyway, the encouraging thing is I've seen that the the rate of things advancing in cancer is just accelerating right now. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I love that my website is not saying like some secret. It is like spreading and it's moving. And I I look forward to the day even with genomic sequencing where I can take it off my website because it's so so standard that right. I don't have to beat that drum. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah. You're right. And you know, just you know, we all wish that as fast as things are coming, that they come even faster. That's right. Yeah. That's right. right. <laughs> but you know, when you to your point when you look back at you know, 
standards of care just five years ago to what's available for many people today, uh, it's it's mind-blowing how much for many cancers, not all, but for many cancers, how much things have changed. Yeah. Chris, what it, what's your goal for Hope Has Arrived long-term, say a few years down the road? What do you hope to see happen? Yeah. I mean, I... I think I, I want to see it continue to expand. And I, I just hope it's a resource that when people are searching around online, that, you know, there's a lot of stuff on the internet. Like, you know, you search and <laughs> I had to stop myself from searching on the internet too much. Honestly, with my diagnosis, it was terrifying. It was like yeah. looking into the lion's den, you know, like, oh my gosh. Dr. Google, Dr. Google can be scary. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> But I just hope that it's, you know, when people start searching, I mean, because Google's a fantastic place. I mean, to, you know, to start, like when people are looking for treatments and things, I hope that my website or some of the articles or some of the blogs pop up and that it's hopeful and that it's helpful for people that, you know, if they stumble in there, that they'll read an article that might just help them in those dark moments. And it, it's the stuff I, I would have liked to have read more. You know, and, and I'm finding there is, you know, I'm not the only game in town, but I, I guess I just want to be a force for good on the Internet to help people find hope in, in you know, the midst of wherever they're at on their cancer journey. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say mission accomplished already with that. <laughs> wow. You, you, you've already done that. And it's just a matter of how do we, you know, give that resource, get that resource to have more exposure out there. And certainly a link to hopehasarrived.com will be in the show notes for this episode. When people visit wehavecancershow.com, they'll be able to click on it and it'll go directly to your site. Chris, I just can't thank you enough for for coming on We Have Cancer and sharing not just your story, but you know, this is a wonderful resource that you've put your heart and soul in as a way to give back to the cancer community. It truly is something that's quite selfless. And, you know, uh, uh, it's my hope that when people come to your site, that they're able to write the same phrase on their own whiteboard when they see your resources, that they too can say, you know what, hope has arrived. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> Thanks again for being on the show. Be well, my friend. Thank you. You too, Lee. The calendar is full of great and fun events, all that benefit the Colon Cancer Coalition. Let me go through the upcoming events coming up within the next month or so. Starting this Friday for our friends in Austin, Texas, is the Caboose Cup Golf Tournament. This is taking place at Riverside Golf Course in Austin, Texas. On Saturday, we have two Get Your Rear and Gear 5K Run, Walk, and Kids Fun Run events. One taking place in Boston at DCR Mother's Rest at Carson Beach. And the other in Columbus, Ohio at Creekside Plaza in Gahana, Ohio. Third event taking place this Saturday in Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. Another golf tournament. This is the Mitch Turner Driver Away Cancer Classic. This is taking place at Pilot Knob Park in Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. On Saturday, September 21st, is the Get Your Rear and Gear Run Walk event in Seattle, Washington at Redmond Central Connector, actually in Redmond, Washington. And on Sunday, we have a dual event in Richfield, Minnesota, the Twin Cities. It's a 5K run walk and tour de touche bike ride. 
Also on Sunday the 22nd is the Get Your Rearing Gear event in Kansas City at Zona Rosa. And there is a minor league baseball game in Sugarland, Texas, where the proceeds will benefit Get Your Rearing Gear Houston. And this is between the Sugarland Skeeters and Southern Maryland Blue Crabs taking place at Constellation Field. On Saturday, September 28th, is the Get Your Rear and Gear event at Grand Rapids, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, rather, at Millennium Park. Saturday, October 5th, the Get Your Rear and Gear event at Las Vegas, Nevada, at Cornerstone Park in Henderson, Nevada. The following Saturday, Get Your Rear and Gear event in Indianapolis at Eagle Creek Park Beach, as well as in Milwaukee at Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, at Rotary Performance Pavilion. And on Sunday, October 20th, is the Get Your Rear and Gear 5K Run Walk Kids Fun Run in New York City at Riverside Park. And those are your upcoming events to benefit the Colon Cancer Coalition. For more information on these and other future events, visit the Colon Cancer Coalition website at coloncancercoalition.org. Thank you for listening to We Have Cancer, and thank you to our sponsor, the Colon Cancer Coalition, for your support. You can subscribe to We Have Cancer by visiting Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, or Spotify. And you can find us on social media by visiting our Facebook page at We Have Cancer Show and at We Have Cancer Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. We Have Cancer is a proud supporter of Genie's Blue Angels, providing financial support to those affected by colorectal cancer.